This is Acts 16, verse 23. And he said, when they had laid many stripes upon them, like they didn't just end up in prison. They were beaten up and then thrown in prison. Like, I don't want you to wait for your best day to decide that faith is the right thing. I need you to understand that your faith is helpful on your worst day. Like when they've captured you, beaten you up, thrown you in prison, your faith is primed to do something special. Like don't wait for you to have every, you say my life's not fully in order. I've got some things wrong with me too. My job isn't quite the job I want. How am I gonna pray for your situation when my situation is this bad? But Paul and Silas were beaten up, thrown in jail, and then they prayed at midnight. <laughs> Glory to God. We don't have to have all our healing right to pray for somebody else's healing. We don't have to have the job we want to pray for the job somebody else wants. We can pray in our situation. Verse 23 says, and when they had met, laid many stripes upon them, Luke's trying to let you know they beat them up good. Like if there was a bad day, this was it. Like if there was a, a, a worse day, they couldn't imagine. But he described, I've beaten them not just once or twice, but many times. And cast them into prison, charging the dealer, telling the dealer specifically, <laughs> keep them here. Like don't, make sure they don't escape. Like the jailers pointed out, we wanted to, we aren't finished with these guys. So make sure they're not out. Paul and Silas are in the jail, intended to keep them secure and intended to lock out what it is they did for Christ. Sometimes our situation is designed to stop us from getting access to the Lord. That's what they were trying to do here. Paul and Silas had bravely preached the gospel. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And they turned on them that quick because they preached the gospel. And their intent was to shut them up. But I will not be shut up. I don't care what kind of prison, what kind of jail there is, I will not be quiet. And listen to what they did. The scripture says, who having received such a charge, the, prison, the jailer took this serious. When he received the charge, when he received this command, thrust them into the inner prison. He took it so seriously, he didn't even risk putting them in the outer part. He said, let me put you in jail in the inner worst part of the jail. This is the idea when they say, when you throw them in a jail and throw away the key, that's where they were. They were in that part of the jail that you're not supposed to get out of. And it says, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. I want to make sure they can't move. That the prison becomes a part of who they are. If the prison's not moving, they're not moving. Here's the thing though. There's a God that's greater than the prison. Because if you can't move in your prison, the Lord will move the prison. You understand what I'm saying? Like, if you're stuck, Imagine you getting stuck in some quicksand and then the quicksand moves to where you're intended to go in the first place. That's what's happening here. Oh, you're trying to create something that will break me? Only to realize that's the thing that's going to make me into who the Lord wants me to be. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Don't worry about what they're doing around you. The Lord can take it and turn it for your good. So verse 25 says, and this is where we're at, and at midnight, at that darkest moment, at that part of the day that we can't even imagine what daylight's going to look like, that's when we start to pray. When it looks the worst, when it looks like we can't get relief, when it looks like it's more than we can handle, when we can't see literally into the darkness, when we can't see what's around us, when we're alone, when we're in the inner part of the prison, when we're stuck in our place and we can't get free, that's when the Lord is saying, that's when you need to start to pray. That's when you need to start to praise. That's when you need to start to give thanks. Don't wait for the battle to be over. Don't wait for the battle to be over to start to give thanks. Start to shout now. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. I love that. When he kind of pointed that out, I kind of glossed over that myself. Like, we've got to pray so that folk know we're praying. Like, unashamedly. I'm praying for you. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what you're going to do about it. I don't care if you're reluctant. I don't care if you're... I don't care what it is. I'm praying. I'm giving thanks for you. I'm going to make sure the prayers that you hear my prayer. (laughs) And look, let's assume for a moment that the justice system back then was absolutely 100% accurate. Probably wasn't, but let's just assume for a second it was. That means that absolutely everybody in that jail was guilty of something. Like no one was, no one was in there, like who wasn't supposed to be in there. There were thieves, murderers, liars, robbers, all kinds. Like it wasn't like Paul and Silas were praying in a hospital. They weren't doing that. They weren't praying in a school. They were praying in a jail. And nobody, probably no one, deserved to be free. But Paul and Silas prayed anyway. Like, I don't know where we got this impression that only good people are supposed to hear from the Lord. I don't know where that came from. Like, sometimes the Lord touches the heart of somebody who doesn't even think about him and turns their heart around. Like, I think he has that ability to reach into the heart of those who are not thinking about it and pull them into his influence. Look, it says this, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. All of a sudden, the stocks that are designed to stop me from moving have all kept moving themselves. They can't help but move now. Oh, you thought the ground was stronger than my God? No, it's not. <laughs> oh, you thought the laws of physics was the one that was better than my God? No, it's not. Oh, you thought the sickness was better than my God? No, it's not. Whatever foundation you think you've locked me in isn't a prison after all, but it's an opportunity to show God's power. Look what he says here. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. All they had to do was hear. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison 
were shaken. Like now we know that neither the outer side of the prison nor the inside of the prison is a safe place from my God. Like none of it is safe because my God has entered into the picture. And suddenly the great earthquake saw that the foundation of the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loose. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I don't know if what exactly Paul and Silas were praying for. I don't exactly know what songs they were singing. But every song and every prayer led into this moment. Like, I don't want you to think that just because you've been, the, you've been reserved into the innermost prison and it's dark and the jailer has a particular charge to make sure you can't make it, that, that somehow that plan is greater than my God. Like, I don't want you to go away with that impression at all. I want you to know that he's greater than anything. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There is no way, there is no way that whatever they've thought through can possibly compare to what he can do. I want you to realize that in your spirit. That's why I take the opportunity to pray, no matter how insurmountable the odds look, no matter how against me it may look, I'm just going to pray. Let me just keep reading here. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open. Inner doors, outer doors, strong doors, weak doors. Anybody in the geographic location of Paul and Silas. Everybody is free because Paul and Silas need to be free. I'm wondering how many people in your geography are getting free because that's the only way for you to be free. Think about it. Like, <laughs> if it was a way to just free Paul and Silas, I'm sure there was, right? But I want to make a show of the saving of you, so I'm going to save your family, I'm going to save your friends, I'm going to save your co-workers, I'm going to save your postman, your milkman. I'm saving them all. I'm going to save your neighbors, I'm going to save your city, I'm going to save your country, just to make sure you're okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There's a scripture, I think it's in Psalms. He says, I've given nations to thee. I've given Ethiopia to you. I've given countries over for you, just so that you will be saved. <laughs> Glory to God. You imagine that, you imagine that? I remember um, I was once, I needed to get somewhere. And because I needed to get somewhere, I called my brother, who was the only person, he didn't have a car at the time, but I remember calling him, I was stuck somewhere, and I called, I said, look, I need to get home, right? I was stuck, I went camping somewhere, I didn't have the ride back home, it was embarrassing, it really was, and I called my brother to come get me. Now, just so happened that two other people, looks like their rides didn't show up either. My brother went all the way out, it was, must have been about 140 miles he drove to come get me, borrowed my mom's car, came and got me, um, and when he came to get me, I'm his brother, I'm the one who called, the people who were with me, they got a ride too. Not because, now they couldn't have called my brother. They were even like, um, could you come and help me? I'm a random friend of Mark. Click would have been the next thing that would happen. 
No. But because I was out there. Like everybody got picked up. Like he was fine with it. Not because he knew them, not because he cared for them, but because I was there. Right, everybody in this prison is getting loose, not because they have relationship with God, but because Paul and Silas do. Like Paul and Silas are the ones with the relationship with God. But they've called the Lord into their prison. And he said, well, if I'm saving you, I'm just gonna save everybody else too. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know, that's why I don't care what condition people are when they ask me to pray for them. Like you're in my geography, you're in my prison too, let's all get free. Like I'm not waiting to see whether you're in prison because you were good or bad. That's not my concern right now. My primary concern is that we all can be free. So I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna praise. I'm gonna give thanks. I'm gonna shout. Look, and you know what? I don't even need help. You can just listen to me praying. You can just listen to me praying. And when I get free, we're all breaking out of here. Amen? Listen to what he said. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. The very thing that the prison was built on is no longer reliable. The chains that they had is connected to the prison. And if the prison's not reliable, that means the chains are not reliable. You understand what I'm saying? He didn't break the chains, he broke the prison. He broke the nature of the prison. What good is a prison if you can just walk out? What good is a prison if you can dig your way out? This is what my God can do. Take those things that seem like insurmountable, impossible, and break the chains and break the foundation of it. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately, because the shaken foundation, the doors are impacted by the foundation. All the doors were open. <laughs> those doors that were locked to you, those doors that were intended to keep you in, and now we're just giving up and opening up. But not just to you, to the people around you. Hallelujah. Don't keep your praise and prayer just for you. I want you to let everybody hear it, and when they hear it, let them take full advantage of it. Let them be free if you're going to be free. Break the chains, break the foundation. So he broke the foundations, he broke the nature of the doors, and everyone's bands, even the bands were loosed. Everything designed to hold them in place has now been broken. The foundation of the prison is no longer reliable. The doors aren't reliable. The chains aren't reliable. Can you imagine now the prison opener? This, verse 27, the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors. So he sees the condition of the prison. Because remember just a few hours ago, he got a charge. Keep these ones too safe. 
I don't care what you do with the others, but these two keep them absolutely in here. And the funny thing is, the two that you were supposed to keep are the reasons why everybody's getting out. <laughs> you see that? Like the two that you were designed and asked specifically to keep in prison. Yes, yes, sir. Yes. They're the reason why the whole prison's useless. Like the whole prison system's broken now. <laughs> the whole situation's broken. <laughs> Glory to God. So now they're designing prisons for you. Right? They're designing prisons, and the truth is they designed them for everybody else, but they thought they could hold you in the same prison they designed for everybody else. Only to realize that this is a trick. I remember that one of, I think it was the second Mission Impossible. I think it was the Mission Impossible, I think it was the second one with Tom Cruise, you know, the one where he does all the elaborate things. And we start off the second Mission Impossible with him in jail. And you're thinking, well, isn't he mission impossible? Why is he in jail? Oh, he wanted to be in jail because he needed to break somebody out, <laughs> right? So he actually got into jail on purpose because he realized he needed to get some information and get somebody out of jail. Like, I'm realizing some of the things we are going into, some of the things that we have find problems we find ourselves in, aren't because we're supposed to be in jail, but because our imprisonment is going to help somebody else get out. Like, if you don't go through it, you won't know to pray them out of it, right? So you have to sometimes go through things that make you feel like I'm going into prison now. And only at that moment do you start to pray and praise in the right way that breaks everybody out. It's almost like you're in there on purpose to help somebody else because the Lord is with you. He's not necessarily with them yet, but he's with you. So you get into prison for reasons unknown, but you get out of prison and free the ones that are where already. This is what the Lord can use us for. This is what the Lord can do with our worry and our concern and our problem. Oh, we were primed to pray when, when, when we heard jo Joanne was in, in, in hospital. Why? We'd just been praying the whole time for Sister Janice. We'd just had our practice on with praying. We said, let's just pray. That's all we've got. That was our response. We were ready for this prison. Verse 27, and the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Imagine, and there are some things in this world that do exactly that. Their identity is so connected to the prisons that they create. Their whole lives are so connected to their prison that rather than see somebody free of the prison, rather than imagine a life without the prison, they would rather die than be without their prison. And this scripture is showing this man in this same desperate situation. Like he is a prisoner of the prison and doesn't even realize it. Like this guy is in jail. He's in jail to the jail. 
Like, why is he wanting to kill himself when the prison is about to be broken? Because his whole identity is the prison. Some people think they are trapping you in a jail, and they're in that jail themselves. They're already there and don't realize it. And they don't know even enough to ask you to help them get out of the jail because they're connected to the jail themselves. They don't even know to ask you to pray to help them get free. Even though they were the ones that put you in the jail in the first place. I want you to understand something about the nature of the world. That he doesn't even know that it's in a prison. Doesn't even know that it's protecting something that's holding it down doesn't realize that the prison isn't just designed for, th for you to throw somebody in, but ends up you get thrown in that prison yourself. We have to let people know that there's life outside of the prison that is the world. Like you don't have to give your life up because the prison doesn't look the way you want it to look. In fact, I'm going to break the foundation or the Lord's going to break the foundation of that prison. Like you have to be, you have to have a spiritual vision of who you can be without the world, without the influences of the world. We have to have a habitual vision of what the Lord wants us to be without the world. Verse 27, so he's about to kill himself. Verse 28, Paul, but Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm for we are all here. How is the person who's the prisoner Saving the person who's the jailer. Like, how is that working? Didn't you throw me in the middle of the jail to make sure that I wouldn't get out? And now you're trying to make sure the last thing you do is ever get out. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. It's amazing to me that some people are so in love with their prison that they're willing to die for it. <laughs> they're so in love with this prison that they're not willing to die for it. And I'm saying whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Jesus has set us free. I don't have to worry about what it is the trends are, what they say good looking is, what they say ugly is, I don't care what they say is rich or, or poor is. I am getting my love from the Lord. So whatever source of wealth you have, it's not greater than the source of wealth I have. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. And because the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. So he didn't just come to save the prisoners. He wasn't just locked up to save the prisoners. He was locked up to save the person who was in charge of the jail. And in fact, when the story continues, we come to find out that the jailer needed the most saving. Let's keep reading. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. Remember, he's in the middle of the jail. Now he wants in on where they are. <laughs> They're in the middle of the jail with a broken foundation, broken doors and broken chains. And the jailer's trying to get into where Paul and Silas are. <laughs> that thing that was a prison five minutes ago is now safe space for those who are in Christ. That place you locked me in is actually my church now. <laughs> Glory to God, I'm free right in here. 
thank you, Jesus. I'm free right now. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? How are you asking a prisoner, what can I do to be free? You're asking a prisoner, what can I do to be free? He's bound to this jail. Ah, glory to God. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord. And to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. Remember we started off by saying they were beaten and thrown into jail. And now he's offering succor or offering help to the very beating they got already. And was baptized he and all his house. He's straightway. And when he brought them into his house, no longer, he's no longer concerned with keeping them in jail now. He's concerned with giving them hospitality. I'm going to bring you into my house now. <laughs> and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his house, straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And when it was day, the magistrate sent the sergeant saying, let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told this to saying to Paul, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. So you mean, you put these two guys in jail and in the morning you intended to let them go anyway. But while they were there, while they were in jail for that one night, they broke your jail, they broke the foundation, broke open the doors, loosed the chains, <laughs> right? All these things happen you could have avoided if you had just not got these guys in jail. But sometimes we have to go in jail. Sometimes we have to be in prison. Not because we deserve it, but because we're going in on that impossible mission to release somebody else who's in jail. Like we have to feel the pain of the stripes and the beating. Not because we deserve it, but because the Lord's trying to save somebody through us. Yeah? Let's make sure that we are ready when our time comes. That we look at our jailing and our trouble and our problem as an opportunity not just for us, but for somebody else. It's an opportunity for them to be free. Oh, you're in a similar situation? Well, I'm praying in mine. Let me pray for you while I'm praying for me. And then we all can be free. I'm hoping that this isn't what I came to speak about. I'm going to call it there. But the Lord says to, to go in on this scripture. Thank you so much for that beautiful scripture. Because I'm realizing that we've, we've got a job to do. We have a job to do. We have to pray our way out and pray somebody else's way out too. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of the scripture.